0: Coming up on BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, the Cougar Hoopsters open the season with three games in four days and win them all. Now another busy week begins back east where we are live with Coach Pope and Matt Harms next. This is
1: BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, presented by Siegfried & Jensen. And now your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
0: Good evening, Cougar basketball fans. We are not... Live in Studio C because we are in the Mohegan Sun Resort in Connecticut. Welcome inside our studio for the night as we bring you a socially distanced hour of BYU basketball. Looking back at a successful start to the season and a look at the week ahead for the Cougar Hoopsters. Coming up on tonight's show, live from Connecticut. We'll recap the wins in BYU's first 3-0 start to a season since 2016. We'll preview the Legends Classic here in Connecticut and uh, sneak a peek at what's coming up in the spectrum on Saturday. Tonight's Cougar Q&A gives us the good word on Richard Harward and newcomer Matt Harms joins us live here at the Mohegan Sun. Well, we're not in the same room, but we are in the same venue. So through the miracle of technology, we say hello to the head coach of the Cougars,
2: Mark Pope. I can't hear anything, Greg. I can see your <laughs> lips talking in the TV, but I cannot hear a word you're saying. I'm, well, Coach Pope,
0: I know. I'm, I'm going to he could
2: hear me. Wait, he said. <laughs> no, Greg. I'm going to watch you talk. I'm going to read your lips right now. Go ahead. I got this. We think
0: Coach Pope is going to talk about how excited he is to be 3 and oh. Three and o, three
2: and o. Okay, so I think Greg Rubel just asked me what I think about us starting the this, this season three. You know, Guys, we're trying. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, we're really excited about the start of the season. Um, we knew it was going to be a challenge. Uh, we know those, those three games and four nights were going to be really tough. Two of them were in-state rivalries, which are always tough. And then we played a really, really defensive-minded New Orleans team. And so I was really grateful, uh, really grateful that we got through them. We learned a lot about our team. We learned a lot about areas where we need to get better. Um, we got to face three very different opponents. Of course, the, the most costly thing was losing Gavin, which is just um, heartbreaking to us. But aside from that, I thought it was all really, really positive.
0: So Coach Pope can't hear me right now. So we're going to see how good he is at guessing once again. As we're going to go through the highlights of last week's three games, we're going to see guys making baskets, and we're going to see Coach Pope talk about all of it as the Cougars opened up with three wins last week.
2: Okay, so I didn't understand all of it, but I did understand the three-point shooting. I believe Greg was asking about three-point shooting. (laughs) Right now we're looking at Westminster highlights. Uh, I was really proud of of how our guys uh, shot the ball all weekend, we're gonna continue to get better, sharing the ball. But it was nice. All these guys are finishing every shot. They're owning every shot for the most part. We're working hard to earn shots for each other, and it's fun. I mean, anytime you set an all-time record in the Marriott Center with 18 made threes, uh, the first time ever that that happened in the Marriott Center, it's it's pretty awesome. I can hear music. We're seeing in the BYU background. and
0: Westminster from uh, last week, game one of. Three games in four days for BYU. And Caleb Lohner making his debut for the Cougs. And I know that Coach Pope was pleased with how Caleb came out of the shoots.
2: Gavin Baxter was playing at such a high level for us. He's going to have an unbelievable career. It's just going to be put on hold for for one more year. He's going to get bigger and stronger and come back better than ever. It was pretty awesome in this game.
0: 18-3 of that night. And that ties a Marriott Center record and a BYU team record. So BYU, a winner over Westminster, 108-59 on opening night. And uh, so much for Coach Pope to like about the way the Cougars opened the 2020-21 season. Opening it uh, on time, and things were just fine at the Marriott Center on night number one. Now, there weren't uh, a lot of fans in the stands. We saw, we saw families of, of coaches and players primarily um, but uh, you know it, it was it was basketball again, and that 's what we wanted more than anything after the way things went in the spring was to get back in the building and see the Cougars uh, you know doing what they do under coach Pope and and uh, making a ton of threes, uh, scoring the ball really well, playing good defense, and setting things up uh, for night number two, which i think we 'll get to right now as we show BYU and New Orleans. It was on Thanksgiving night it was uh, game number two, two games in two nights, highlights and stats presented. By Intermountain Healthcare.
2: Uh, it, was, it was really nice to go from Westminster to New Orleans just because we got two incredibly different looks. Westminster was kind of a little more conservative defensively and, and New Orleans was trying to get into every single passing lane. Uh, Westminster was trying to get to shots and, and New Orleans was trying desperately to get to the rim and so it gave us a real look at, at um, what we could do. Caleb Lohner has been spectacular on the glass that was actually his second consecutive uh, offensive rebound off that free throw, and he, he put it back and finished. And we got a bunch of contributions from a lot of different guys. Connor Harding, solid start to his season. You know, we really trust Connor Harding in the post. Um, we'll, we'll continue to look for him there. Uh, he's, he's really capable and makes great plays. Our guys were really good in transition, um, uh, you know, sharing the ball and making plays for each other. Uh, were all things that were really good looks for us, and Alex Barcellos been playing Big Rich such an uh, making elite a level. name
0: for himself. Yeah, Big Rich with offensive rebounds and stick backs—that's going to be a strength of his game.
2: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, Rich, I think in the game had six offensive rebounds on his own. Uh, after that game, he was the number one offensive rebounding percentage player in the country, and he came off the bench, so he had a huge impact, and he's going to be really fun for us to watch all season long. First double double for Richard Howard in a BYU uniform. But he had a few at UVU, Coach. Yeah, he was a double-double machine at Utah Valley. He, um, you know, We've talked about his story, but he kind of sat for us for a year and a half, and then we had an injury, and he needed to come bail us out, checked into the game, and had his first double-double in a 20-point comeback win against Seattle University and then was a double-double machine the entire rest of the, rest of the year. He's, he's just uh, such a uh, – he's got an intensity about him and a physicality that's really, really special.
0: I'm glad you can hear me now, and I appreciate you for uh, dealing with the pantomime to get us through the first few minutes of highlights there. Well done. You kind of took over and run with it. You ran with it, and I really do appreciate you for picking it up and carrying it, but I think we're on the same page right now.
2: Yeah, this is much better. And, and might I add, why can't we get these su- seats in the studio? I mean, these are fantastic. <laughs> we can make the show. If we had these seats, we could make the show three hours long. <laughs> because we'll be so comfortable.
0: Let's go to Utah Valley highlights. Game three of the season, three games in four days for BYU. The Wolverines into the Marriott Center on Saturday night. And we got to see Matt Harms for the first time. We'll see him in a second. But uh, this, of course, was a game being played without Gavin Baxter. Kind of a downbeat note. You lose Gavin, uh, didn't have him for this one, and you won't have him for the year.
2: Yeah, it was, um, yeah, of course, we talked about that. It just was so heartbreaking for all of us to see Gavin go down. Um, and this is a really intense rivalry, this um, BYU-UVU matchup. And uh, it's been fun to watch what Mark has done at UVU. Uh, he's he's really building a, a terrific roster and, and a great team. And he's going to do special things there. And this game is going to be increasingly competitive every single year. And um, it was fun to watch the guys fight. I mean, uh, both sides were kind of laying it all out there and, diving on a a floor for loose balls and slapping and grabbing and scratching. And that's what happens in these in-state games. And we actually learned a lot about ourselves, too. Uh, You know, their pressure affected us. They ran a little kind of 1-2-2, three-quarter half-court trap that got us a little sideways. They changed defenses from a 2-3 to a 1-3-1 to -to man-to-man and kind of changed up some man looks. And so it was an unbelievable experience for our guys to to have have a chance to kind of play against a changing defense a lot. They responded really, really well. How about Big Rich uh, going deep in the toolbox there? Yeah, I was really proud of our bigs. We knew that we had a huge challenge uh, coming into the game with this Fairdaz Amak, who in his first game had 24-18 and in limited minutes. And so the guys really took it upon themselves to kind of be focused in on him, all three of our frontline guys, and they did a great job both on the offensive and defensive end.
0: So there it is, BYU defeating UVU at home and opening up 3-0 for the first time since 2016-17. Shooting a really high number uh, through the first three games is Alex Barcelo. We saw what he could do last year in uh, in a complementary role. And and now this year, he's being asked to carry a lot more weight, uh, do more, and probably score more. Uh, His career high last year for BYU was 18. He's already scored more than 18 in all three games he's played so far. And, Coach, we're going to go close up on Alex Barcelo and just show a few highlights from last week, a few plays he makes both with the ball and without the ball. And you can tell us what makes him so special.
2: Yeah, so Alex has got a really good sense of what we're trying to do. Uh, you know, he's, he was the third highest percentage three-point shooter in the country last year, and he certainly continued shooting the ball at a great clip. He's got a great sense of kind of space. Uh, you know, he's using a rim runner a lot more than we did last year. We're asking our bigs to be really, really good rim runners. And not only is he good at delivering a pass to those guys in transition to the post, but he's also really good at seeing when they've got a, a seal and he can actually make a play to the rim like he just did there. He's got a good feel kind of in our weak continuity offense about when he's going to come off a flow or an over or whether he's going to hide in the corner. And he's, he's great, obviously, at finding space. He was great at finding space last year also in terms of finding space when there's penetration either by the pass or by the bounce. And he just shoots it at such a high level. The great thing about his shooting is it's reproducible every game. So he's playing at a, a, a really high level. Most impressive for me was that he had those three games and four nights, and he's carrying such a huge load for this team, and he was actually able to do it for a lot of minutes logged over the course of four nights. So we have high expectations for him all season long, and so far he's really delivered.
0: Inside the Numbers was presented by Mountain America Credit Union as we look at the great start to his season Alex is off to. And it wasn't just Alex coach, but, uh, he, he was, he was hitting the deck a lot, uh, on the opening weekend. There was a lot of hustle on display and he took, uh, he took hits. He, uh, he hit the floor hard he, at the very end of the Utah Valley game. He lands on his hip and I was worried about him then, but he was just laying it all out there last week. How, how's his body recovered, uh, for the two games in two days coming up here this week?
2: Yeah, he's, he's, he's recovered really well. He's a, he's such a tough kid and, and, uh, the nice thing about AB is you see him just taking a beating every single game, and now teams are really keen on him and trying to get as physical as they can with him. And so I, I, I you know, in my mind, I'm like, you know, I got to protect him, I got to keep him safe. And then I remember that, you know, Alex, uh, he's going to play whether he's healthy or hurt. I mean, he finished the season last year with a with a broken hand, so. Um, you know, he just is going to, he's going to force his way uh, through all the physicality and all the contact. And and, and I know he's going to respond really well.
0: So we are live at the Mohegan Sun Resort here in Uncasville, Connecticut. And it's the first road trip for BYU after uh, opening up at the Marriott Center with those first three. Uh, Coach Pope, can you give us a little bit of insight into how this first um, you know, pandemic era road trip has gone uh, for you guys so far.
2: Yeah, it's been super interesting. So we, we you know, the protocol here is really, really tight. Uh, and I'll give you some details. We landed, uh, we we got on a bus, drove straight here. We were all spaced out on the bus. We were spaced out on the plane, um, you know, outside of six feet. Everybody masked up the entire time, spaced out the same way. Uh, on the bus, we arrived here. They kind of staggered us out of the bus, and we went through a back entrance and um, went immediately to testing. So we went and took a, a PCR test um, immediately when we got here, and then they sent us to our rooms, and we were quarantined until we got those test results back. So we were hoping to get out of our rooms this morning at 9 a.m. The test actually didn't come back till about 11:30. And so the guys were just stuck in their rooms. We weren't allowed to get out. We weren't allowed to meet as a staff. We did everything last night and this morning via Zoom, uh, even in, including uh, our, our performance team of Rob Ramos and, and Eric Shork, uh, you know, delivering uh, bands and some workout equipment to each of our guys' rooms so they could do a little bit of work in their rooms this morning. And then we finally got the okay um, to, to uh, exit quarantine and go meet just before we had our last kind of time before we could go practice. So we got out of quarantine at 11.45, went down, had a film session with the team, uh, did a little walkthrough, had a quick bite eat, and then walked straight over to uh, the arena, which is right here on the Mohegan Sun Complex. So we just walked through tunnels to get there and had a terrific practice. The only hiccup was at 11.30, as we're all trying to head down, I, I got word that Kobe Lee's test was inconclusive. So we had to call Kobe and tell him to stay in his room, uh, that he wouldn't be allowed to come down to practice, that they were doing a a rapid second test to just analyze it. And so Kobe was sweating bullets for about 15 minutes. (laughs) Then they came back with the negative and he got to rejoin the team. So we were super grateful for that. The crazy thing is Kobe had so much juice in practice today – I think he was just so relieved. He was terrified. So he, he had a great practice. And, and uh, then we finished practice, came home, a set of new meetings, uh, some, some, some work uh, as a team in the conference room, uh, just rolling out and some rehab with Coach Shork. And the guys just finished team meal, and, and now they're, they're in bed uh, resting for a huge day tomorrow.
0: Now, Coach Pope, you and the players and staffers are all considered inside the bubble here in Bubbleville. Uh, I'm considered uh, outside the bubble, but even broadcasters had to get our tests back negative before we could come and and, and join you in the venue. So even though we're not going to be in the same space as you, even the media and the broadcasters had to get those same tests back uh, to clear us to come, even though we have the outside the bubble designation, we're in the bubble of Bubbleville and just glad to be here, quite frankly. And so uh, I'm looking forward to it, too. Uh, Two games in two days. The opponent for the second game is already known, and it has changed, and we'll talk about that as we continue here on the program. Let's get to our first break here at the Mohegan Sun. For your day-to-day Cougar sports play-by-play, watch BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Jerem's with me here in Connecticut weekdays at noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. When we come back, a look ahead to the lineup at the Legends Classic here in Connecticut. This is BYU Basketball with Mark Pope live from the Mohegan Sun.
1: BYU Basketball with Mark Pope is brought to you by Siegfried & Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. Intermountain Healthcare, always here for you. Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Smith's, fresh for everyone. And by Deseret News.
0: Welcome back to BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, presented by Siegfried and Jensen. Here's the broadcast schedule for this week. Three games in five days for the Cougs. Starting tomorrow, BYU tipping it off against USC in the Roman Legends Classic tomorrow. That's 2.30 Eastern, 12.30 Mountain on ESPN2. The pregame on BYU Radio starts one hour before tip-off with Cougar Pregame Live. And that, again, starts a busy week for BYU. BYU. When the Cougars originally were set for the Legends Classic, it was going to be USC on Tuesday, and then either UConn or Vanderbilt on Thursday. Winners playing winners, losers playing losers. Well, Vanderbilt pulled out of the tournament. UConn un- was then un- slated to enslaved- play USC on Thursday. St. John's was already here at Bubbleville, and uh, now I've now done a deal with you guys, Coach Pope, to play you on Wednesday. So, USC Tuesday, we know. And now BYU St. John's the very next day, we also know. And St. John's improved to 3-0 by beating Boston College tonight.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing how fast things change. Uh, we got on the plane thinking we were going to play Tuesday, Thursday, some grouping of UConn, Vanderbilt, and, Saint, and, uh, and uh, USC. And we got off the plane, and it was going to be uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, um, USC, UConn. And then uh, we went through about 10 different scenarios, and finally what it's ended up as of right now, is USC St. John's. We'll see if that holds. If it does, we'll be really excited uh, because we'll be playing two great teams um, and, and two absolutely terrific coaches, uh, and, and it'll be a real challenge for us doing it in back-to-back nights. Let's Know
0: the Foe, a little bit more, presented by Qualtrics. Now we'll start with the USC Trojans, coached by Andy Enfield. He's having to uh, rebuild a little bit with this year's roster, but to doing it with some pretty nice pieces, including Evan Mobley, who pretty much everyone agrees is one of the top five high school players in the country and, and, and a future lottery guy.
2: Yeah, in fact, the, both the Mobley brothers are at USC. Uh, Isaiah is a sophomore, and Evan's a freshman, and they are incredibly long and athletic and explosive. Uh, they can really do everything on the floor. So those two brothers and they pass the ball so well are starting at the four and five, and then their backcourt trio is is really explosive as well. Um, can really really shoot the ball. The thing that stands out when you watch the film on this team out of their first first two games is one through five, they really pass the ball exceptionally well, and they're a dangerous offensive team. The other thing that really stands out is that they are just destroying teams on the glass. So uh, so Isaiah Mobley by himself is averaging six offensive rebounds a game by himself. Isaiah White, a former player of mine at Utah Valley, is averaging four offensive rebounds a game. Uh, so that just between two players, that's 10 offensive rebounds a game. So Between their ability to pass the ball, which is so extraordinary, uh, how their offense flows, they really use each other, the talent they have, and then how they crash the offensive glass. It's an incredibly skilled and and dangerous team.
0: Now, no players are left from the last time that BYU and USC faced off four seasons ago. Uh, Coach Enfield, of course, was there for USC. Uh, But there is a familiar face uh, beyond Isaiah White, uh, who was at UVU. And that's uh, Taj Eady. He's a Santa Clara transfer that is now playing for USC.
2: Yeah, Taj, a terrific player. He's a lightning quick kind of combo guard, uh, a little bit of a score first capability, if not straight up mentality, Uh, is a terrific defensive player. uh, And he's part of that backcourt that's so explosive.
0: All right, it's a team that you didn't think you'd be playing uh, when you got on the plane to get out here, even when you got out here. But we now know that St. John's, as you've alluded to, is the second opponent, and it'll be back-to-back days. St. John's will have a day of rest because they played tonight, one. They'll rest tomorrow and then play you on Wednesday. But you'll be going back-to-back. It's BYU and the Red Storm of St. John's. I don't know how much you know. What do you know?
2: yeah we're really excited about it it's, It all starts with mike anderson he's one of the he's one of the finest human beings in all of coaching he's universally respected uh, he's just a kind hearted do it the right way extraordinary coach and a great man uh, in in a little quiet moments he's actually been a super generous mentor to me if if even just from a distance. Uh, And so I'm really grateful to face them and and the story of St. John's program. It's going to be a big challenge for us. Uh, You know, they're kind of 40 minutes of chaos. They're going to press on every single possession. They're going to force us kind of out of everything we do. And we're going to have to be uh, creative and make great decisions and, 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 and kind of make some progress in terms of us facing pressure. This will be pressure on an epic level like we haven't seen so far this season.
0: And that'll be Wednesday at 5 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock in the Mountain Time Zone, 2 o'clock for the radio pregame. So you go back-to-back at the Legends Classic. Now, since the tournament here, or the games, they now call them showcase games, since it's not a true tournament format anymore, the games end a day early for you here. That does get you back home with an extra day of prep for uh, a tall task on the weekend, because uh, the week will conclude at the Spectrum and Logan, BYU and Utah State, another in-state game. And that'll be Saturday night.
2: Yeah, it's it's. I mean, come on. It's what a great rivalry game this BYU Utah State game is. Um, what Craig Smith has done there over the course of the last two plus years has just been it's been beyond exceptional. Uh, you know, they have a really really formidable front line that has great depth to it and great size. They also are unbelievable on the offensive glass uh, and a young freshman point guard combo guard that's kind of. Probably going to take the mountains, uh, Mountain West by storm this year. Uh, really, really w- incredibly well-coached team. It's always, always tough to play up in Logan. And so it's going, to be a, it's going to be another massive challenge. They just keep coming, guys. We talked about this when we announced the schedule. Uh, it, it doesn't stop. Um, and so it's, we got our work cut out for us this week. We're really, really excited about it.
0: Aggies building off their big three, which this year, without Sam Merrill, is uh, Nimi Keita. Uh, Justin Bean, Brock Miller, those guys kind of make it go.
2: Yeah, and, and, and all veteran guys that have won two straight WAC tournament championships. They know how to play. Uh, they're really, really familiar with the way Craig plays. Motion offense, sets, sets he runs, a little bit of changing defense also for them. Um, so, again, uh, he's putting together another great team up there, and it's, it's going to be fun. Uh, in-state game number three. It'll be our third in-state game in our first six games. So let's go. Before we leave Utah
0: State, uh, the last pick in the NBA draft was, was Sam Merrill at the back end of round two. When you were playing for and getting ready for Sam Merrill, were you seeing a pro?
2: Yeah, I mean, Sam, Sam is uh, he's just such a, a terrific, talented player, um, can really, really make shots, got an incredibly high basketball IQ, uh, makes the right play all the time. Um, is a you know born and raised uh, Utah basketball player um, and he's, he's gonna you know we're cheering for him it's a really fun week uh, you know Yoli started with workouts today with Washington Jake starts tomorrow with the Jazz uh, I, I assume Sam starts maybe tomorrow with the Celtics or today but we got we have really really terrific representation from the state of Utah in graduating classes here in the NBA right now it's awesome.
0: Absolutely. All right, let's take a break. We are from the Mohegan Sun Resort here in Connecticut. And after our break, we'll have this week's Cougar Q&A, plus your questions for Coach Pope from social media. This is BYU Basketball with Mark Pope.
1: BYU Basketball with Mark Pope is brought to you by Siegfried & Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. Intermountain Healthcare, always here for you mountain america credit union guiding you forward smith's fresh for everyone and by deseret news
0: checking in on our cougars in the pros presented by the deseret news elijah bryant scoring 25 yesterday for maccabi tel aviv in a 98 81 win let All Scores also added six boards and four helpers. Brandon Davies scoring six for FC Barcelona, his last time out. Eric Mika, eight points, eight rebounds, and his last outing for Partizan NIS out of Serbia. And Coach Pope updating us on the NBA guys during our last segment as well. It is time now for this week's Cougar Q&A presented by Zions Bank for a financial slam dunk. Zion's Bank is for you. And tonight we get to know Rich Harvard, the newcomer, Richard Harvard. They call him Big Rich, who had a big weekend in BYU opening up 3 0.
3: I would say that Rich is probably the heart of this team. When, when he's on that court, man, watch out. Whether that's him rebounding or him going up for a quick layup off the pick and roll, you don't want to get caught by one of his elbows. He's talking smack all the time, but it's like you can't, you can't disagree with what he's saying because. He's gonna put you on the floor uh, to prove his point. A guy that's extremely educated and extremely smart, uh, which you really wouldn't expect from a guy that brings that much hype on the court at all times to be off the court, just be an extremely intelligent guy. He's always doing something different than everyone else, and that, that's what makes him great. He's in guys' faces. He's you know, sprinting the court end-to-end in the weight room. He's just always going hard. Like, this dude has never-ending energy. He likes to talk about conspiracy theories. He's just true to himself. Like. He, the things that he likes, he likes them and he's not going to care what other people think about him. Not only has he just worked so hard to become the player that he is, but also he's just, he's so funny. I mean, he's definitely one of the more vocal guys on the team. Over
0: at Utah Valley, he was one of the the quietest dudes on the team. And I come here now and he's
3: probably the loudest dude on the team. You just want to be your teammate because he's going to like... He got to a buck all the time, no matter what. He might be fierce. He might have a lot of
1: energy on the court. But once it comes off the court, he's a big, friendly giant. He might look big and scary on the outside. He's huge.
0: Um, but he really is one of the most genuine
1: people I've ever met.
0: We got, we got a pretty well-rounded picture. A big rich there, coach.
2: I, I love these segments, man. Those are those are really good. I like I like hearing the guys describe their teammates because that's exactly who Rich is. From from having a huge heart to being a little bit terrifying to play against because you're always worried that he's gonna uh, <laughs> he, he's going he, he's gonna lay some wood on you to to you know his talents off the court. And um, he I think all the guys feel the same way in terms of energy. He's the heart and soul of this team, and uh, you just can't replace what he brings. His biggest contribution, as well as he played against Utah Valley, his biggest contribution to the team might have been in the locker room before the game, just getting the guys hyped up. And um, he, just is, he just is the heart and soul of this group.
0: And he's got skills that every coach would love to have in, in a big. He's good, he's, he's good around the basket. And he's tenacious, of course, which you yeah. want. But
2: he can finish. Love the way he plays. Yeah, he's got he's got big time feet and big time hands and big time physicality, and he he rebounds with two hands as you've seen, especially over the last couple of games, and uh, he, his feet are really good defensively. Uh, you know, he we can put him in all kind of defensive coverages, the ball screens and one on one and in the post, and uh, you know he, he even had a couple of possessions where he was he was uh, you know taking a guard in transition, uh, you know a, a guard forward pushing a ball. Uh, so he's, he's doing a lot for us, and it's, it's, uh, he's a huge part of everything we do.
0: All right, from Cougar Q&A to social media Q&A for Coach Pope, it's presented by Smiths, fresh for everyone. Let's go to Twitter and uh, take a look at uh, Mike Sorensen's question. He says, with, uh, with Vanderbilt dropping out and BYU adding St. John's, how does this quick turnaround affect scouting and preparing for the week?
2: Yeah, so um, all three of my assistants were at the uh, St. John's game tonight because it's uh, because we're all at the same venue. We can live scout, and so they were all there. And so we're kind of double timing on scouts right now. Coach Burgess left early because he's got tomorrow's scout against USC to present to the team, and um, you know they'll hash out a bunch of details. tonight, uh, late tonight on St. John's as as we keep the teams focused on USC. And it's just how it happens. It's how it works in tournament play where you're going back-to-back games. And uh, this is a a huge challenge for our guys. It's, you know, unlike tournaments, we're the only team of the two teams we're playing that's playing back-to-back games. Um, And so that's a challenge that we welcome Um, let's go. Let's just see how, you know, this whole non-conference is to to see what we're made of and what we can accomplish and to stretch us as far as we can to see where we need to grow. And certainly we're going to get that out here in the next 30 hours for sure.
0: Question number two coming our way from Kevin Farnsworth on Twitter. He asks, how much closer are you to a steady rotation and how many players does that look like? Also, how flexible will you be with uh, changing the rotation up?
2: Kevin Farnsworth, what's up, baby? Uh, So that's a great question. Uh, I think we're going to see this rotation change a lot. One of the great things about having depth and really versatile players is that we can actually approach – um situational basketball and game by game matchups a little bit different. I think we'll have some some real consistency uh especially with our three seniors um you know those guys are going to be in the mix all the time and I think with the ebb and flow of of minutes and fatigue and injury and and uh the teams we're playing against I think we'll rotate through a lot of different guys I would love it. If I was a great coach, we could play 11 or 12 guys. Um, I don't know if we're going to be able to get to that consistently, uh, but it sure is a weapon, man. When when you have a whole host of guys coming off the bench that are capable to come into the game and make an impact and bring a different feel of flow uh, and effectiveness to the game, it makes uh, really, really um, for a a tough out for a team that's uh, really tough to play against. And So we're hoping to be that team.
0: Question number three, our final question on social media tonight for Coach Pope. The question comes from Robert Johnson, who asks, how is Sister Ella Pope doing in the mission field?
2: Yeah, thanks for asking. She's doing amazing. Uh, she is, we actually, uh, two weeks ago, we got to do a, fire, a Zoom fireside together for a stake in California. Go figure. She's in Florida, uh, but she's, she's just, uh, like all these missionaries that are out right now, she's facing um, new, uh, uncharted challenges, and she's being really blessed Um, as she does that she's had an incredible opportunity to serve and and um, and to teach and and to love people and that's why she went on her mission and she's getting a full you know she's getting a full play to that right now so she's been really blessed thanks for asking
0: all right all the best to sister pope and uh, the entire pope family all right special announcement for you coming up on december 12th a show you will not want to miss the top 100 plays in byu football history join spencer linton and jerem jordan as they take Cougar fans on a journey of gridiron grandeur. Coming up next, we'll visit live with BYU big man Matt Harms, live from the Mohegan Sun Resort in Connecticut. This is BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. Jesse Wade spins away from Overton, lobs it low to Harms who hammers it home. So the dunk for Matt Harms, his first two points as a Cougar come on a slam. Wade, shot clock's at 10. Here's Harms. he, He did really well reading the defense that time. Just his classic pick and roll. Welcome back to BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, presented by Siegfried and Jensen. Well, in the days and weeks following the cancellation of the NCAA tournament back in the spring, one of the few bright spots for BYU basketball came in the form of a phone call to Coach Pope from our special guest tonight, he is Matt Harms, joining us here at the Mohegan Sun Resort in Connecticut. Matt, good to have you on tonight.
3: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Let's start with that. Can you tell us about that phone call back in the spring?
3: No, that was, that was a really fun phone call to make. Uh, I remember it was it was my birthday that day, and that morning I'd received an awesome video from all the coaches uh, saying happy birthday to me. They had a cake there. Uh, they all, you know, enjoyed the cake. I obviously was looking on as they were enjoying it, singing, uh, singing happy birthday. Uh, and I kind of decided when I woke up, you know, I kind of knew I was wanting to go to BYU. I kind of known for the past few days but I wanted to be 100% sure. So in the afternoon, I, um, Coach Pope called me. He actually called me first, uh, and we just kind of talked for a little bit. And I wanted to be like, oh, I, I wasn't 100% sure yet. I was only like 99.9% sure. So I didn't want to say it <laughs> then. But he hung up the phone, and then like 30 minutes later, I was like, you know what? I actually, I just got to do this right now. So I I called him, uh, and I told him right there. And he was I remember he was with two of his daughters. He was in the car, uh, and he just went crazy. And they all went crazy, and it was such an awesome, awesome moment. I'll definitely cherish that.
0: It's a question you obviously had to answer for yourself first. But uh, if you could answer it for our viewers now, the question is simply, why BYU for you?
3: Man, it was, it's hard to explain. I, I've, I've been trying to explain this for, for so long, but it's, it's so tough because it was just felt right. You know, it, it, I, every time I explain the way I conducted my process, it's so analytical, and it was sitting there with the notebook and writing out pros and cons and making an Excel spreadsheet with everything, every factor that could be you know, construed. But in the end, it was, it was the Monday before I committed, and I was like, I just really want to go to BYU. And all the spreadsheets, I threw that all out. I was like, I'll delete this spreadsheet stuff. i would throw the notebook out the window. I just want to go play for Mark Pope at BYU. And it was that easy in the end. And when I woke up on Wednesday, that was my birthday, I was like, this is what I want to do. And this is what I've been wanting to do for the past three days. So I'm just going to go and do it.
0: So if you were uh, breaking down Coach Pope's attributes in the spreadsheet or the notebook, what's that going to look like?
3: man, it's just energy at all times. High energy, you know, just that relentless effort that we always preach here, that's part of our culture. Uh, That was really it, you know, just making sure that if I had any question, it would be answered. If there was anything I needed to know, I would know. That day, I would know. Uh, All my questions were just always answered. There was just so much to learn. It was probably the school and my recruiting process that I learned the most from, and I was like, that's so important for me, because I felt I was in a spot where I didn't just need... You know, an, an opportunity I need to actually get better. I need someone that I could really get better every single day. And that was it. You know, I, I felt that if I'm being recruited and I'm already learning this much, I'm learning this much about advanced stats. I'm learning about how they've done with the guys that, you know, they had on the team last year. If I'm already learning so much now, imagine how much I'm going to learn once I'm actually on the team and in, in the gym.
0: Coach Pope back in the day, in his NBA days, played with a guy nicknamed the, the, the Dunking Dutchman. That's Rick Smiths. Uh, what does what does the Rick Smith's name mean to people in the Netherlands, or where you're from, and and does the Harms family and the Smiths family have any kind of connection?
3: Uh, uh, it means a lot, you know. That name means a lot back home. You know, he's probably the greatest Dutch basketball player of all time, not even probably, definitely. Uh, so it's I I do personally know him. You know, he's been in touch over the years uh, as I've gone through my journey here in the states, and it's been really awesome. I actually got to meet him uh, last year when we played when Purdue played Butler uh, somewhere in December. We played him for the Crossroads Classic, uh, and I actually got to meet him since his son Derek played for Butler at the time. Uh, so that was a really awesome experience being able to meet him. You know, he's been really kind to me. He's always reached out. You know, he reached out when I committed to BYU to congratulate congratulate me. So it's been, it's been really fun being able to know him, and, you know, special as well, because when you start basketball in the Netherlands, that's the guy you hear about. You know, he's the guy that's right. been most successful in the NBA out of any Dutch player.
0: Alright, let's flash forward. Uh the BYU season was just about to begin and you're and you're 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 playing really well in practice, things are going well, and then like a week before the season starts, a week and a half, you find yourself uh let's say hobbled. Um tell us about what happened that day and how concerned you were about not being able to start your season on time.
3: Man, it was it was terrifying for a little bit. You know, I it was at the end of a practice, I, I remember, you know, it was um, it's like 4 p.m. we're doing going into our last drill it's coach Pope said last segment the past four segments he's been like last segment uh so you know I'm uh that that last play I'm just coming down on someone's foot and uh I just sprained my ankle for the first time uh I'd never sprained my ankle before that which is crazy you know playing basketball never spraining your ankle um mm. but it happened there it hurt a lot <laughs> so I was a little scared you know I'd never felt that before uh, and it was definitely scary as well to have to know that um, you know I was maybe not going to be able to play the first game, which I really never knew in a position. I had a concussion last year, which caused me to miss some games at Purdue, but I'd never really had an injury that caused me to miss games. So it was it was a little scary, but we have a great training staff, so they helped me out every step of the way.
0: You missed the first two games, but you did get on the floor for the third game on the weekend, and, and they probably played you maybe maybe two and a half minutes longer than they thought they might. How did it feel to finally get back out on the floor and prove to yourself that uh, you could give it a full go and, and come out of it okay?
3: Oh, it was awesome. You know, I was a little worried, of course, going into it. You know, I um, it was really my first time going, like, full action, like, 100% again. You know, um, I'd really worked out, and I'd practiced and that kind of stuff, but it just going into a game is always a little different. So I was a little worried, of course. But you know, going into it, I felt so good. You know, I felt really loose. Uh, and then going into halftime, I got a little worried again. I was like, "What if it, you know, seizes up on me? What if it slows down?" Uh, but it really didn't. You know, I just kept feeling good all the way through. And I was honestly, I was upset when I went out, uh, walked off the court, and uh, our trainer was like, "Yo, you're done. Your restriction is up." But then, you know, Coach Pope saved me and he gave me two more minutes, two more minutes and 15 seconds, and. I was just having the time of my life out there. You know, so good to be back out there. You know, even though only missing two games, uh, it was really tough to miss those games.
0: Okay, uh, life in Bubbleville so far for you and the guys. How's it going?
3: Uh, Bubbleville has been really fun. Uh, you know, it's it's been really cool to see how uh, how they're really keeping us safe. You know, there's a lot of teams here. There's traces of teams everywhere. There's little signs like, oh, Virginia Tech. And there's, like, all these other schools. And, And you're like, well, where are they? You know, you don't see any of them. It's very interesting. So it's you know, it's it's definitely doing a great job to keep us all safe. You know, the protocols are in place. We're testing, like we're testing all the time, uh, just to make sure we can play these games. I really appreciate that. You know, because I think these tournaments are always such a crucial part of the season, where you can really establish yourself, play some very quality games. uh, Which you know, we're going to do these next two days. Uh, We're going to play some awesome games, and it's all possible because of these great protocols.
0: All right. Finally, fun fact. Matt is short for nothing. You are just Matt. You're not Matthew. You're Matt Harms. That is all.
3: That is it. You know, um, my, uh, my credentials here actually say Matthew, uh, which everything has always said Which Matthew. is wrong. I always have to be, it's wrong. Yeah, it is wrong. And I always have to say, you know, hey, it's just Matt. Uh, I still don't know why my parents did that. Uh, there must be some good reason behind it. But it's just Matt. It's no middle name either. It's just Matt Harms. That's it. Very short. Very easy to remember.
0: Matt, always good to be with you. Uh, Good luck this week, and we'll see you on the floor tomorrow.
3: Thank you. I'm excited to play.
0: All right, that is Matt Harms leading us to break. And as we go to break, time for some more BYU basketball trivia presented by the BYU Store. And we know that Matt's going to block a few shots in BYU Blue. Who holds the BYU career record for most blocked shots? The answer coming up right after this. Back on BYU Basketball with Mark Pope coming your way live from the Mohegan Sun here in Connecticut. And tonight's trivia question, who holds the BYU career record for most blocked shots? The answer is Greg Kite, former NBAer. Sean Bradley had an amazing one year, but uh, Greg Kite had an amazing BYU career, 208 blocked shots. Let's get to our broadcast schedule for the week. Three games in five days for BYU starting tomorrow. The Cougars against USC in the Roman Legends Classic here at Mohegan Sun. It'll be a two thirty Eastern Time tip, twelve thirty in the Mountain Time Zone, and the radio pregame one hour before tip with the game televised on ESPN Two. Well, back uh, a few weeks ago, when BYU TV televised a BYU basketball practice, we caught up with, well, Coach Pope's former college coach Rick Pitino to tell us a little bit about uh, well, a little bit about Coach Pope's uh, style, if you will, and, and his mannerisms. One in particular that stood out. Let's flash back and take a look.
2: But Mark was a very spiritual young man, and I I laughed because he would never curse in practice. I had a tendency once in a while, not often, to say a swear word. And Mark would always say the word frig. If he did something wrong, he would say frig. And finally, we had a bad few turnovers, and Mark said the word frig again. I said, Mark, Either don't say that word ever again or say the real word because God knows exactly what you mean every time you say the word "freak." So don't do it again because God knows. He looked at me and he never said "freak" again. <laughs> we're doing a great job guarding the post right now, a great freaking job, all right? On these rolls, I want you to go dunk the freaking ball or get a quick. I don't recognize anything we're doing. It's freaking pistol.
0: Yeah, you you never said it again.
2: <laughs> well, listen. First of all, I love Coach Patino so much, but the funniest thing he said was that something to the effect of, on rare occasion that he might uh, yeah. <laughs> actually verbalize it. I'm like, Coach, what who are we talking about here? Uh, but I love him dearly, and we're all doing the best we can to communicate the best we can. So it's a it's a a challenge and an art.
0: Well, w- one of the great things about having our second show of the season is that during the first show we had nothing to see yet to put in the what happened segment and so now that we played some games we can finally introduce reintroduce to our viewers the ever popular segment here on on the pope show it's what happened all right it's the pump
2: fake on the free throw Really, really interesting shooting style. You know, we, hadn't, uh, we had no game tape on New Orleans, and so this is actually a junior college transfer, so we didn't have any film on him. But this was really confusing, <laughs> the free throw pump fake. But the ref said, as long as it's part of your normal shot, it's legal. So we all tried to figure it out.
0: <laughs> yeah, and his teammates are still trying to figure it out, which is the, which is the craziest thing. All right, uh, next up. We are now. Not everybody in the audience is going to know the name Curly Neal, but one of the great Harlem Globetrotters of all time was Curly Neal. And I got a Curly yep. Neal vibe out of this from Brandon Avery the other day.
2: Yeah, it's you know this is a real important principle for us. Is keep your dribble alive. It just becomes nearly impossible to guard. It just is so hard because what you're doing is in one step across the midline, everybody in one step with the ball. You have to completely flip your defense from strong side to weak side. So if you see this. As Brandon comes around the second time, he's got a wide open corner here. He also have has Rich right behind him. It just is so disoriented defense. It's it's uh it's really 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 tough to guard.
0: So not only is it fun to watch, it's really tactical. NBA does it really well. Yes, it is. And, and yes, our last does. clip in in what happened is 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 the fact that BYU had not one but two loners in the building on the weekend. <laughs> the one loner was Caleb Loner. The second loner was Spencer Linton. The man in
2: the stands by himself. You know, people might think that these media jobs are all glitz and glamour, but it's a lot of hard work and some lonely nights. And that's a perfect picture of Spence. He does such a great job, but he was sitting there carrying the torch all by himself in in the bleachers that night.
0: All right, we have 60 seconds left on the show. The show began with Coach Pope not being able to hear me, and yet carrying the show on his own by sensing exactly what he needed to do. That was a great moment and reminded me so much of why it is that I appreciate Coach Mark Pope. And show number two is almost in the books, Coach. Let's uh, send it out by you. uh, Well, with a shout-out to Cougar Nation, maybe, and how they supported you and have supported you through these uh, first few games.
2: Yeah, it's been really awesome. Um, Seeing everybody on the fan video board, all you guys that are jumping on there during the game, we can actually see you and see your reaction. It it brings some energy into the gym. We're so grateful for that. And uh, we just hope you guys stay with us this week. I don't know if it gets any harder than this week. So let's go Cougs. We will see you
0: next Tuesday at 8.30 Eastern, back home in Studio C. For Matt Harms and Coach Pope, I'm Greg Grubel. Thanking you for tuning in live from the Mohegan Sun Resort in Connecticut. This has been BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. Have a great week. Go Cougs.